Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is uh, guest day, Thursday. Uh, You are our first guest of the new year. Uh, Yeah. We're in uh, January, so we're excited to have you. This is Don and uh, uh, Rochelle Light uh, from uh, Bradenton, Florida, which is just south of Sarasota. Uh, Beautiful place where uh, I've been there quite often, uh, Don, to see the uh, spring training baseball game. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Bradenton, is is that near Anna Maria Island? It is. That is. Yes. Okay. We went there last spring. I loved, I loved that area. Yeah. Yep. So we have the pirates in Bradenton, Rich, and the um, Orioles, I think, in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Do you go to the games at all? I wish I could say I did. <laughs> Don't. Every now and then. We did when Michael Jordan was playing for the White Sox. He used to be the White Sox. I, bet that, I bet that was that fun. Crowds <laughs> like you would not believe. Even we went and watched that game. That's was, fun. That, uh, was it fun to watch a six foot six guy uh, bat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a big uh, strike zone. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Rich Cochero, who's a leader. Uh, Don and Rochelle are uh, C12. I'll share about that. And also leaders in Living Waters. Uh, Rich and Janice Cochero is also leaders, and uh, Rich, with his a group of his friends, put together a spring training trip every year, which I've joined uh, last That's several so years. Fun. And we go to Tampa, uh, Sarasota, and uh, there's I think Fort Myers. Fort uh, Myers know. is where the Red Sox are. The Red so Sox. I imagine we go, we Rich had to Red get Sox, you down so there, right? We yeah. get to see the Yankees, and um, we got to see the Yankees. So, uh, they're out of Tampa, by the way. Yep. So uh, this is a couple of years ago, and um, uh, they have Judge and Stanton, who happen to be the two, you know, most amazing hitters in the in the uh, league, big leagues. So Stanton was up, and he <laughs> he hits a line drive so hard that it it hit the wall, the right field wall. It bounces back all the way to the second baseman. Just oh, like wow. that, and he almost wow. throws, he almost throws him out at first base. It was wow. it was the hardest ball <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it, hit, the, it hit the wall so hard, it bounced right back to the second baseman. He almost threw him out at first base. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's was, great. That would have been an ESPN highlight. It was, it was <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's actually a friend of Dave Dunkel's and. Uh, uh, Rich Cochiaros, and they're actually from uh, this this couple uh, that they know is from New Hampshire. But uh, Alonzo, uh, who was a rookie a couple years ago, now he plays for the Mets, and he's he's mm-hmm. a, the kid of this of these friends they know. So Alonzo was playing uh, in Tampa. <laughs> he hit a home run that went so far over the wall, uh, out of the park. Um, and we just said, basically, uh, we're not sure it's ever coming back. <laughs> it, it was fun. So anyways, welcome to have you guys. Uh, I know you uh, uh, love, love being in Florida, and uh, we'd love to hear all about your story. And uh, first of all, for the audience, if you could share, how did you each come to know Christ? 
ladies first. Well, thank you, Rich. We're really excited to be here. Kathy, thank you for inviting us. Uh, I came to know the Lord because I lived in, I, I was, I grew up in a family uh, of Christians. My dad had been a pastor. I'd been, he'd been on the mission field. And so I was always around the church. Uh, I accepted Jesus as my savior when I was very young. In fact, I think I accepted him every week for about a month. <laughs> my mom would say, you don't have to accept Jesus every, every time. There's awesome but I did. Uh, and then uh, in my teen years, my senior year in high school, I drifted away from the Lord and I backslid and went and did the things that one ought not do when one is uh, a teenager. Uh, but the Lord drew me back to himself when I was 20 and uh, in, a, in a remarkable, wonderful way. And I've been serving him now for mm, a long time. Yes. <laughs> not going to reveal what, uh, the age there. Where, right? where was, uh, when you were in high school, where was that? When I was in high school, where was I? Uh-huh. Sarasota High School. So I live oh, in Sarasota. So, so you're, you're basically from where you grew up. You live around where you grew up. I do. I was born in Jamaica, so I'm a true uh, little missionary kid. And then we moved to Alabama for about nine years. And then my dad got a job in Sarasota. So we were there. Uh, I've been there most of my entire life, a year and a half in Spartanburg, South Carolina in my early 20s. Yeah. Do you have, do you have dual citizenship? I do. Oh, that's exciting. In fact, okay, Rich, now I can't use that for one of those games. Something you don't Two know. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> I, I would have guessed it. Yeah, I think that's right. right? <laughs> she looks Jamaican to me, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually yeah, tell people when I hear an accent, so where are you from? Oh, I'm, I'm Jamaican. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Donnie, awesome. that there's uh, tax benefits to that. Have you uh, taken advantage of that at all? Or? No, but I'm going to have to yes. look into that. Yes. There's big tax advantages to that. Who knew? Uh, so, Danny, uh, Donnie, how about you? How, how did you know coming to Christ? Gosh, uh, really, I was not raised in a Christian family. My dad was the largest of, or oldest of six kids. And honestly, it, he was raised in a Christian home, but he was the traditional prodigal son. And in fact, he and our whole family was on their impossible prayer list. <laughs> like we were <laughs> uh, But God does things that are impossible, right? Yeah. And so he had a radical transformation, I think, in his mid, mid to upper 30s. And so it really started with me just observing this major change in my father's life. Mm. How old were you then? I was probably about 12-ish okay. in that mm -hmm. time frame. So I kind of had an encounter with the Lord briefly during that time period. Then we moved to Florida and started high school you know being a christian in a public school was just not the cool thing to do so i kind of backslid for a number of years into my first year of college but then had a a real radical transformation after my first year of college so now where, where 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 did you guys live in florida uh we actually live right here sarasota Bradenton. sarasota area. but you, get, you didn't know each other in high school no we did not no we no. wouldn't have liked each other <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit older too so he would have been a sophomore when i was a senior so she was a snob <laughs> yeah i uh, got it yep and then where did you go to college then uh actually i i never finished college i started up in gainesville i was uh at a community college there and planning a transfer to the university of florida mm -hmm. but after my first year of college up there that's when i met the lord in a significant way Neat. That's neat. Decided that was not the place for me to return. No, that's good. Wow. So, uh, so now, and, and did you, uh, Rochelle, did you go off to school then from high school? 
I didn't. What happened was when I had backslidden uh, during the interim of that time of coming back to the Lord, my parents had moved to South Carolina mm -hmm. and I realized quickly that living on my own was not that much fun and uh, not living for the Lord was not that much fun. So when I came back to the Lord, I talked to my parents and uh, they I, I asked my dad, you know, would you be okay if I came back home, even though they had moved? And he said, honey, I never wanted you to move. So moved to Aww. South Carolina. I know, I know. Um, and so while I was there, I worked in banking and then had a real heart to want to go to Southeastern Bible College. I thought maybe I'd want to go in the mission field. And at that point, I don't remember how old I was. Uh, I ended up uh, not being accepted there for financial aid. And I couldn't just go on my own without some some money. So I went back to Florida, lived with my sister, went to the local community college where I met Donnie. Ah, ah okay. Yeah, so tell us about that. How did you guys meet? So you uh, you were both at the same oh, community college or a different, different thing? Well, no, actually, I was working full time um, uh, about 30 minutes south down in Venice, which is south of Sarasota. And um, let me back up a little bit about a month before I first saw Rochelle, uh, my youth pastor's wife, I was involved in the youth ministry at that time, had a prophetic word for me. Mm. And I remember after the service, she came and she told me that God is getting ready to put the woman of your dreams into your life. Uh. And I thought to myself, well, she ain't here at this church. <laughs> I've been looking and there wasn't anybody there. So it was, kind of interesting. Um, it was well, probably about four. The funny, the funny thing about the church, though, is we had gone to the same church when we were in high school and we didn't know each other. Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, um, so honestly, it was probably about four or five weeks after that. Um, literally, I was the campus that we were going to was like a satellite campus and um, the bookstore was very small. So there was a small line outside of the bookstore and they only let a couple people in the store at a time. Rochelle was standing about three or four people in front of me. And I literally, honest to goodness, had this conversation with God. I said, God, someone like that would be just right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea that she was a believer That's at great. all. And so, but I will say I, I was, wasn't eavesdropping, but I heard her talking to this girl and she said something about Southeastern. And, and at that time I was actually thinking about going to Southeastern Bible college. So I had a suspicion maybe, but I didn't know. And I didn't see her again for another month. Um, and then about a month after that, two months later, she comes walking into the cafeteria, which she used to never do. And um, I was poor. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I had no money. So I noticed her. I said, oh, there's that girl. And she sits down across from me. And I noticed it looked like she prayed before she ate. And I said, well, there's my opportunity. So worked up enough courage to go intercept her and talk to her. Hey, That's how uh, Donnie, uh, adjust your uh, camera just a little bit. And as you hit that, that finger. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah there we go. We want to see you again. Yeah, excellent. All right. Hello. <laughs> Sorry about that. I keep That's pushing good. your yeah. hand down. I'm a, I talk with my hands. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. When it when it uh, drifts all the way up, we'll have it come back down. So no problem. Uh, well, I'm I'm concerned about the noise oh, oh, he's doing out, really, making on the. Now it's really messing up. Sorry. Boys, we might need you. That's okay. We're. Uh, it's all good. They can I tell. They can okay. tell we're real people. So we have. <laughs> Kathy, and had a, we've, Kathy and I have had a few. We've had a, we've had a few issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, okay. So you saw her and said, "Well, that that would be uh, somebody like that." Guy said, "Well, how about her?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. And then how about, how about you, Rochelle? What, what was it that uh, drew you to Donnie then? Well, 
so he saw me pray and then it was weeks later that you that you actually talked I think it was to me. the next week you came back to the cafeteria you used to never come but yeah when i when okay. i talked with you had, did we already talk about you talking to me yeah okay no i don't think we did no but... no we haven't heard about you so so what happened that. was he <laughs> saw me in line and then he saw me pray and then a little bit after that i never saw him i he saw me again at the at the cafeteria i worked for my my brother-in-law in commercial landscaping i kept no money trying to go to school and uh, so i never went to the cafeteria i don't know how i was there a couple of weeks in a row but uh he came up to me and intercepted me at the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> real romantic. Yeah, yeah, real romantic. <laughs> and he said, he said, hey, I don't, I don't mean for this to sound weird or anything, but uh, do, you look familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? Do you go to church around here somewhere? A real original line, huh? <laughs> and, smooth, and really I smooth said, <laughs> and I said, well, I go to Fellowship of Believers, and, and he's like, oh, well, do you know Greg Lee, uh, this this man, a mutual friend of ours? And I said, oh, yeah, I know Greg, and then I listed off all of Greg's roommates, because he had this house of, like, five guys that stayed there, and Donnie was one of them. So I knew everyone in the house except him. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, uh, so then we just we talked for just a minute or two and i went my merry way and then i plopped myself back down in the same place at the same time the next time uh so that i could be intercepted again (laughs) (laughs) our first day it was funny actually the house i was living in they had a bible study every tuesday night but i was involved in the worship band and so we were like ships passing in the night she would literally come to where i was living and go to bible study every tuesday night when i was going to the church for worship practice Funny. we never met <laughs> yeah and when he intercepted me i was like wow he is drop dead good looking he was the one our first date I, i'm thinking to myself she's so perfect why doesn't she have a boyfriend what's wrong with her <laughs> he, asked, he asked me why don't you have a boyfriend and in my heart i'm saying I'm like, because I'm high maintenance. But to him, I said, <laughs> aren't we all? That's it. That's it. True. So, uh, so you started uh, going out. What, how, what led you to go further uh, down the road uh, toward marriage? No, I, I remember very specifically, Rich, our first night driving in the car, just talking, having a very uh, deep spiritual conversation. And I just... I knew she was the one. And so I think uh-huh. we we met and married just in over a year, yep. a little over a year. Yep. So it didn't take long. We both knew. Yeah, we, got, we met in November, <laughs> engaged in August, and then married at the end of November. Wow. wow. And what was your first date? Not the cafeteria over the garbage can. What was the real one? There was a seafood, no. There was a seafood restaurant, uh, beautiful on the water, and he took me there. Oh. And he had a nice car and he was just a gentleman, just a wonderful gentleman. That's yeah. great. We did have nice conversation, deep spiritual conversation. Yeah. So you get married. Um, how long have you been married now? 29 years, just a couple of weeks ago. 29 oh. glorious years. Happy yeah. anniversary. Yes. <laughs> and uh, how many, uh, what, tell us about your children. Well, we always wanted uh, four or five kids, and um, so we had four children, and Rochelle wanted to be done, and uh, it was interesting. So, you know, I had my appointment to see Dr. Snip Snip and make it permanent, (laughs) and then God began to change Rochelle's heart that following week Mm. through a series of circumstances, and I remember the night before uh, I was supposed to go to the doctor, she canceled my appointment, and uh, we had... uh, 
we started for number five, uh, Aiden. Well, no, no, no. What happened there was I told <laughs> we were gonna we were going to go to a family life today marriage retreat, and we're on our way. And I and I've been wrestling with God because. I can be impatient and stubborn and, you know, all these terrible things about me. And I'm like, God, why would you want us to have any more anyway? So I'm wrestling with the Lord and, uh, and I, and I come to the realization that, Hey, maybe he just wants us to be obedient about having another one. And that doesn't mean we're going to have another one. Of course, yeah. <laughs> things are going to be obedient. And that weekend we're number five yeah <laughs> the thing about it is so we, we had our fifth child and after that we had five kids under the age of 10 i was so sick of diapers you wow. can go anywhere do anything i really wanted to be done and then rochelle says but she wanted to have another one she wanted to have a sixth wow. and she wow. said you know she said aislin and alec play so well together alden and ashley play so well together who's aiden going to play with and i looked at her and i said can't we get a dog <laughs> So we got a dog and then we, we did that too that wore out and then we ended up having aaron our sixth and you know what we we would have probably been robbed of one of life's greatest blessings without those two oh, yeah. sweet. what are their what are their ages now 26 down to 14 four oh. boys and two girls yeah beautiful yeah so the first and fourth are girls and the rest are boys uh, and you have homeschooled them correct we have homeschooled the whole time we did a little co-op where we, they were in school part-time and homeschool part-time mm -hmm. And when our eldest Aislinn reached about fourth grade, we uh, homeschooled full time, which which for me was just easier. That many kids, yeah, my own too schedule. much navigating the other, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us, uh, you know, what are you doing now, Donnie? Uh, tell us about your C twelve practice, and then we'll have Rochelle talk about her uh, uh, role, and she's uh, in uh, debate stuff. So we'll talk, <clears throat> talk about yes. that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Prior to C twelve, I was um, in real estate for twenty years and went through the you know the Great Recession in real estate. I think Florida was kind of the epicenter for yeah. it. So, and leading up to that, God was really doing a deep work in my life. I knew He was preparing me for some changes. Um, I was even you know journaling about it. I knew God was the Holy Spirit was preparing for changes. I had no idea what they were. <laughs> I, certainly, C twelve was not on the radar at all. So. Um, but we used to go to this family conference every year in Nashville, and I remember um, <clears throat> used to have to drive to Tampa uh, at the last project I was working on. I'd go up over Skyway Bridge. It was good, good conversation time with the Lord. And I remember hearing something along the lines, the, the cost of discipleship is great. It may require you to change vocations for a season. And it was really referencing raising your kids. And I worked for a publicly traded company. They owned me. It was 24-7, seven days a week. And I just knew I, I wanted to be free. Uh, if you can be free, be free indeed. And so, um, and then God just miraculously introduced C12. I mean, I knew about it, um, but I'd never been to a meeting. My father was actually a C12 chair, one of the hmm. founding six C12 chairmen. Um, and so I actually shared with him and probably within about a year and a half, two years later, I came along and joined him and eventually became his succession plan. Mm. So I'm the C12 chair now for a little over 12 years. Yeah. yeah. I started in 2010. Yeah. And talk about your, uh, uh, you have a region and you have uh, in C12, uh, you're kind of like a, a senior leader and you've got uh, people that are sub chairs that are also right. lead groups like, like you do, but yep. how many, how many of those do you have now? 
We have multiple groups right now. We have 11. We're getting ready to launch a 12th group. Mm -hmm. So I have two other associates that work under me. Actually, I would like to be doing less, <laughs> honestly, if I can. And so we have another candidate who's going to kind of come on board in the summertime and help us with our southern territory down in Naples, Fort oh, Myers. Good. That's good. So, yeah, we're serving a little over 100 uh, Christian business leaders in southwest Florida. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, and Rochelle, I know that you you homeschooled, uh, which is admirable, and uh, and your kids are beautiful. So they obviously you did great with them. Um, but you got involved in, in debate stuff. Uh, as a, uh, she's a pretty good debater. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a mistake. I That's think our it. kids became That's good it. debaters. That's it. Yeah. How did that? How did that? How did you let that happen, Don? Uh, so tell us, tell, <laughs> tell us about your. Uh, because uh, you kind of lead a, uh, a whole section of that, and, and that's been kind of meaningful for you. What, what are you doing with that? I do. Thank you. I, I really love competitive speech and debate, uh, Christian competitive speech and debate. It's a lot different than if you're going to do the National Forensics League. It's, uh, it really is based on uh, being godly and winsome in your speak and not tearing the other person apart. It's tearing apart their arguments, not tearing apart the person. Uh, and so good. we started when uh, our young, I'm sorry, our eldest was about 14 and our number two was 12. And for us, it was just a club. It was just an extra activity. But as the years wore on, I realized the benefit educationally and also personally, emotionally, spiritually, there was so much that they were learning. Uh, they do team policy in particular and debate, which is two people on a team. So they've had to work through a lot of different scenarios and get along with people and make concessions. And so it's been wonderful. And uh, then I was uh, about four or five years ago, I was asked to be our club leader. So I did that for some time. And then a year and a half ago, I was invited to be the regional director for the NCFCA, which is the league under which we, we speak and debate. Uh, it stands for National Christian Forensics Communication Association. And I am the regional director for our region, which is Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. And I love it. Great. It's great. Great. Oh, That's we got amazing. A, I so love Kath, that. Kathy, we got a big shot in our uh, midst here. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and <laughs> one of my sisters said, you do that for free. <laughs> Rich, one day I came home and she had all these monitors and screens set up that looked like a air traffic controller. And I was like, I never knew you had all these skills. It was pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> we're great. expecting big things when the youngest graduates. We're going to, we're going to like own the world or something. No. I don't know. That's right. You can, you can manage it with that uh, monitors. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, as you've uh, you know progressed, uh, you guys got exposed to uh, abiding, um, yeah. and I know that made a big difference in uh, in your life, as it does with everybody who learns what it means to walk with God. Tell us about you know what how that how that uh, has been going for you, and how does it look like for you personally? You can each share when you say abiding, and, and we talk about abiding as the relationship with Christ twenty four seven, but it's also in the Word and prayer and process. So. What what are those what does that look like for you guys and what what differences have made in your life? Well, having six children, you can imagine, and a spouse, uh, there are issues that come up from time to time. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for me, as a woman, uh, I feel you know I have a lot of emotions attached to the things that happen in our lives, and so with with the abiding process for me is if 
relationship issues in particular for me, Don is more the uh, the business side and, and definitely the family too. But for me, it's it's always about the relationship. And so as things come up, I'm able to go to the Lord and journal and put out all of my feelings and, you know, he can handle them. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't relish having to go through the process a lot of times because I have to look at myself and <laughs> the scriptures, but it's a really good way for, uh, for me to talk to the Lord and for him to speak to me about uh, my own heart. And then he gives me answers to the word, uh, steps to take, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the relationships with the kids. Yep. Yep. And are you, um, are you using a journaling to do that? How, how does that, what does that look like for you as you're in the word and hearing from God and, uh, journaling it. Do you journal it out? How does that work for you? I do and I don't. Uh, sometimes I bottle it up for a long time and then I'll go and spend days in my journal. Uh, I'm in the Word every day and as the Lord speaks to me through the Word, I usually am writing down a scripture and, and then asking Him, okay, in this situation I can see, pretty much He just pinpoints my heart and He's like, you know, you were thinking this, but really what does the scripture say? Yeah. And so I yeah. go back to the scripture and apply it. Uh, but that is that that's like the key though is to apply it yeah yeah beautiful <laughs> how about you don any uh, uh thoughts for you in terms of how abiding has been for you and how you do it yeah well it's real transformational for me probably about five or six years ago when i really kind of came to the understanding of abiding in the vine and what that looks like and my job is really just to be a branch and uh, <laughs> i didn't do that very well i i think the uh, the first 20 some years of my Christian walk, I was blazing my own trail and I was being the vine dresser, so to speak. I was directing all my own traffic and decisions and yeah. so forth. And so, and flying the Christian banner, but just asking God to bless me along the way. And so that was a real paradigm shift for me was to just recognize that uh, my main job is just to be connected to the vine, hear his voice and, and obey. And when anything comes into my life, I just, now I just go to the father and say, father, what do you have to say about it? So. Yeah. That's been the real transformation. Yeah. And what about your Go ahead. Go ahead, Kathy. I was just going to say, um, in those, so you said that was about five, six years ago um, that you started getting into abiding. And so your kids, being the ages they are, they have seen you really uh, pre-abiding and post-abiding. How has that impacted your family dynamics? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I'd say they hear a lot more from us. What does Bullard have to say about that? <laughs> so they'll come to us and we're happy to help and direct and guide. But yeah. We really do love to say, you know, we could, Donnie's great at saying, I could give you my opinion, but what does God's word have to say about it? What is God speaking to you? Mm. Such uh, a so great thing to equip children with. That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, beautiful. Uh, and Donnie, what, what role does uh, journaling play for you? Wow. Well, yeah, my journaling has really changed over the years. So it used to be just me writing down uh, you know, kind of the nugget for my quiet time, but now it's really my personal dialogue with the father and, um, it's full of questions for him and learning to take the time to slow down and listen. Okay. Do we have a little technical issue there? Donnie, uh, if you could, again, uh, you were sharing about, uh, uh, your journaling, you said it was full of questions. So we heard you say that, um, uh, what else, what else to, uh, is important for you as you, uh, journal? I mean, just really paying attention, taking the time to hear God's voice. I think he's speaking to us all the time if we're slowing down and paying attention. And so being careful to write down what I hear God say and more importantly, process it a little bit further, um, you know, issues, decisions, trying to process it with Rochelle, uh, line it up with his word. And it's really this 
dynamic personal real relationship with the Holy Spirit who will you know guide us into the truth so it's really about getting to the truth of all my circumstances and it's full of questions for the Lord and you know I do hear his voice and I write down what I believe he's saying and I meditate on that and most importantly I try and obey it I don't always get it right but it's good to go back and review because you see how you miss things um oh no wonder why i'm still struggling with this when the lord yeah. told me to do that and i still haven't followed through and obeyed so my journal is probably one of my second most precious books next to my bible so yeah. i have multiple journals filled out and just really my personal dialogue with the father yeah yeah it's beautiful uh and i know as you've uh, <clears throat> both learned abiding you've also learned uh to follow god's will go to unity uh can you give some examples of decisions or, or issues that you guys have processed through and what did that look like that you sought God that you processed together and came to unity with the spirit uh, to discover God's will well I've learned <clears throat> how to go to false unity <laughs> I've learned how to manipulate unity um, so, and I've learned true unity and so that's always the best and so you know it's really been when that concept was first introduced I remember Rich you actually asked the question uh, you were talking to me about unity and you said where are you and Rochelle not in unity and I honestly I couldn't think of anything really I, I thought well we're in unity on all the big stuff um, but then you asked the pointed question that said well where in your life are you not being blessed oh that like just cut quick to the heart I mean I knew it instantly and it was in some investments and um, so that God kind of used that and you know I had to learn some hard lessons about that and surrendering my agenda and it's still a process I don't think we we get it right all the time but we're getting better we're getting it more right than wrong yeah. and uh, I think the challenge for most men or at least me is that relinquishing control I feel like I'm relinquishing control to her um, but it's really foolish not to be in complete unity because God will command blessing on it. And so it's just trusting the process, mm -hmm. allowing the Holy Spirit. If we both have the heart to want to know the truth, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to get us there. And so we just have to surrender our personal agendas and seek what is God's agenda, what is his will. And man, there's been lots of little situations just from little stuff with the kids to financial decisions mm -hmm. to bigger decisions with parents and in-laws and um, but we have always seen the blessing when we are in true unity. Yeah. And so it's amazing. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's uh, the abiding together is, has not been an easy process for us either. I, I foolishly thought maybe it comes easy for some couples, but in early on in the beginning stages, it wasn't. Um, because as we're processing and trying to get to unity, um, I'm too quick to jump to solutions and recommendations. And sometimes Rochelle, uh, just wants to share her heart and and she needs to feel safe. And so that's probably be the biggest lesson I've been learning over the years is to close my mouth and just listen and let her share her heart and then just process that and take some time to think about that and then come back later and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And so too quick to jump to solutions sometimes where I just need to process it a little bit more and go back to the Father and say, okay, Father, what do you have to say now? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have any uh, examples uh, that you guys could share of, of how that how that worked for you guys and something that, you know, whether it was your uh, house, I know you, you were working on a house for a while and, uh, uh, or decisions even to expand your practice, you know, how did how did you guys approach that kind of stuff together? You want to take that or you want me to? Mm -hmm. I mean, let you because I'm not sure if we want to. 
Um, which one we want? Which one we want to share? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, you know, I, one really, just, gosh, there's so many. I could try to summarize one, but I think one of the bigger ones not too long ago was um, just processing. Um, for me personally, I remember we went to one of your Christ clutter <laughs> calendar. Yeah. retreats. That's and, a good one, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a hard case. I think you go to these retreats and it's like going to the refiner's fire, you know, because we, we come, we come away way. from some of these marriage retreats <laughs> arguing, you know, but that was, I think, God just drawing the dross out of me, you know, he's trying to get me to a pure heart. And so, but I do remember one point, um, she really wanted to sell this rental property that we had. And I was, uh, pretty abstinent about not doing that. I had this great plan that I wanted to be a landlord and have multiple properties and yada, yada, yada. And, um, but you know what? It was interesting because I, I had I'd been suffering physically with some issues in my life for a while, even some depression and some issues. And I remember very vividly one time reading in the word Proverbs 3 where it said, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil for it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And I love all those conditional statements. And I remember God, I remember asking God, I said, God, okay, you said that this will be healing to my body and to my flesh. And he said, yep, but you got to look at to see how you've been being wise in your own eyes and what it means to truly fear the Lord. And so I remember going and talking with Rochelle about some saying, but some of those things is that we weren't in unity, for example, on this one house. I mean, her heart was to be debt free. And if we sold this house, we could pay off our primary home mortgage and that was her heart's desire and I wasn't afraid of that I was that was a big concern to me but it was to her and so I remember um, literally um, coming to the understanding to be in unity that was one of the things the Lord showed me that I was being wise in my own eyes so I got into unity with Rochelle on that we asked our tenants to move out and we were going to sell the house and supernaturally my physical conditions healed up like <laughs> like overnight it was, oh, it was a real supernatural healing and so I don't know if that's what you're looking for, Rich, but yeah. that's an example yeah, and tell of us, not uh, being in unity, but God taking some time to get us there. Yeah. And, and as you talk about, as you think about that, even particular one, <clears throat> walk us through, maybe Rochelle, even from your side of it is, uh, what were the things that you went through, Donnie, to, you know, go to what's called neutrality, uh, be willing to process together uh, until you saw what actually Rochelle had felt that she had saw, but she wasn't forcing it on you. So how, how did that actually work in, in practice uh, as you were processing through? Because I know it wasn't just a, oh yeah, sure, let's go do it. You, you actually worked through that over weeks and maybe even months. So how did that, how did that work for you guys? Uh, for me, there's, there's this great security in knowing that your husband is listening to you and that he's willing to go to neutral. So like, I think that's one of the greatest gifts Donnie can give me is going to neutral. I would say the same for him because that means that we're open with the Lord once. And then that gives the Holy Spirit the opportunity to change our hearts or to just to speak to us. Mm -hmm. Like if we're being stubborn, if we go to neutral, he can change our heart or he can confirm, you know, whichever, whichever way we're going. Uh, and for, for the home, I was staunchly on the, why aren't we selling this and getting money for it? And we still owe on our house. And he's like, well, we don't really owe on our house, but we have a different definition of what owing a <laughs> yeah. house is. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so uh, so it was just really very freeing for me as as a woman to know that he was willing to seek the Lord and I was too if he if the Lord said no you're gonna have runners then I would have been like okay okay father because because he is best and none better he wants right. best and none better and and to know that like in your knower they used to say in your knower you know that he wants what's best for you is uh, it's life-giving and it's peaceful yeah so yeah. We, we did work through that and and then something completely uh, me, out me, of the blue came up. Let me add something, though. Um, you know, God doesn't force us to do his will. And so that's probably a big lesson is it, it took some time. That was a, probably a year or more in the process. And so, you know, God doesn't force anything because of our free will. He'll allow us to choose our own course. And that's what I chose for a while. And I started to pay the price of it, I think, in my health and some other things. And so that's that's where i've just really learned is is man i need to be always going back to the father continually asking him step by step and listening and knowing that he knows what's around the corner and i don't so but that's key is that god won't stop you from making the wrong decision no. <laughs> we have to keep going back to him and confirming new information okay father what do you have to say now yeah but i think i can just say along the lines of uh, that the conference that we were with you at the Christ Clutter and the calendar uh, is a, a really amazing blessing came out of it. And one of the things you really talk about, Rich, is that we shouldn't be too busy. And we'll be like, well, we're not busy, but we're really busy. But we're doing the busy things that we like to do with our kids and, and whatnot. And um, and so I'm a lot like Linda. I like to be with my kids. I like to do things with my kids. Yeah. and. Like if there's something happening with the kids, I want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What can I do to make the kids want to be with us? <laughs> so one of the things that came out of that particular conference uh, was my, the, my, my heart's desire was to have lunch with the kids every Sunday. And mm. before that, it was Donnie, it's too expensive to take them out and you know there's, there's eight and nine of us this gets expensive <laughs> there's a lot a of mouths to feed right there's a bunch but he didn't realize how important it was to make it because all the way back to my childhood when i was being raised and we didn't have very much money and if daddy would take us to a restaurant all of us together or if he would pick up you know kentucky fried chicken and we all sat down together on a sunday or if we had a roast beef dinner on a sunday we were mm -hmm. all together so it goes way back for me and the lord just you know gave me the courage to talk about it and to say this is what i'd like to do mm -hmm. and donnie listened to me and we've been doing it ever since and it's it's just a huge blessing for years to me. now yeah. yeah it's one of our highlights is to just go after church be together as a family and, and you know they're going to come because it's free food yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kids get that figured out pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but, what... but it's a blessing to me that donnie does for me that that um we came to unity on yeah yeah so you're describing um really how it works is that, you know, you had something on your heart, you shared, Donnie listened. Uh, Donnie, when you were still really wanting to have that rental, God spoke to you and says, well, you're kind of being wise in your own eyes. Are you willing to seek me? And you, and the, see the good news, and that's the beautiful thing about it is that um, he's not judgmental. He just says, well, if I, if I was you, I'd follow, follow me. Uh, <laughs> and you said, yeah, you know what? I'm willing to do that. And then you processed it together uh, until you got unity and unity uh, Kathy, as we we try to describe it, is it's not an agreement, uh, negotiation between two people. It's unity with the Holy Spirit. Uh, right. That when you get that, you really both say, "Yep, got it," and it's a beautiful thing because that's God says, "I'm going to show you uh, how beautiful this is," and you both say, "Yeah, why don't we do that?" You know, and 
you get confirmation. So that's a great description uh, to, for our audience to understand that it uh, takes time. Uh, sharing back and forth, uh, listening, not not agreeing for the sake of agreeing, just do you have confirmation in your spirit that this is it? And, and Rochelle, it's beautiful that what you described there is, you know, Donnie, in a sense, was kind of, well, I think I got this. And you, you said, I'm not sure about that, but you didn't hammer him either. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, waiting for God to speak and say, Don, uh, you know, this process, you didn't have unity. Uh, but you trusted the process, uh, so that's a that's a beautiful discussion as well, and so we we rejoice at that. So, uh, what a great uh, example you guys are of uh, what it means to walk with God. We can see your your uh, your heart for each other and for seeking God and the joy of that. You have great joy uh, that we get to experience. And Kathy, it's really exciting to have them here, and uh, I know you you uh, probably have some thoughts about that as well. Yeah, just it's a blessing to hear y'all's story and just hear you share uh, so authentically too. But um, one of the things that I like most about what I've heard is um, you guys just really put an emphasis um, for all of our listeners on how important it is to stay in process and to be willing to wait on the unity. I think um, just the way you described it, even Don, you know that taking the time to let God do the hard work because we can change our behaviors on the surface very readily. But if we really want transformation of the heart, it takes staying in process and being vulnerable and authentic with God. And, you know, with Rochelle in this particular example, just being patient for God to, to reveal the work in you and continue to do it so that what was really going on was heart transformation. And, and we all know every situation we face you know, whether it is, uh, you know, deciding whether to rent a house or sell it or a job location or, or even just, um, you know, how we're going to spend our 24 hours that we've been gifted. All of those things um, are really an invitation to intimacy with God. And I like both of you really, um, I don't know, really demonstrated that, that it's not just about the answer. It's about the journey with him and the intimacy with him. And I think that's such an important thing for us to hold on to because he so delights to be with us. Yeah, very much. Know. Yep. Yeah. So we're excited. Uh, we'll be uh, loving to have you back and uh, share your uh, next uh, phase of story. You got, I know you got adult children that are all moving into different phases of life. Um, that's a whole new uh, process uh, to... It's busy. Uh, for you, you guys to for a dull moment. You, you guys to go to unity and let God guide you, and uh, they move to a different place because they uh, go outside of our uh, home, and uh, we get to uh, joy enjoy them. But they <laughs> they have to make their own choices. <laughs> so that'll be an interesting phase for you guys to go through. It'll be fun to hear. So anyway, wish you well, and uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. It's been a joy. And, Absolutely. And, uh, we love uh, the friendship that we have and the joy of just doing life together. So keep it, keep up abiding and uh, discerning God's will. And we and we want to bless you. And Kathy, we'll see you tomorrow uh, with uh, our end first, first End Times Friday <laughs> of the year. And uh, that'll be fun to talk about. The, actually, we're moving into uh, the aspect of God's wrath. So that'll be interesting mm -hmm. to talk about. So Yeah, great conversation. <laughs> yep. So thanks for joining us, everyone. As always, it is a pleasure. Guest Thursdays are always my favorite. Love yeah. hearing God exalted through your lives. So thanks for sharing with us, Don and Rochelle. Yep. Have a great day, everybody. Yep. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for, for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions 
about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.